friends, it is incredibly good to be back with you uh, again this Sunday. And my hope is that something of what I get to share now in this moment uh, brings some encouragement to you, whether you're listening to this in this moment now online or whether you're listening to it at a different moment on demand. And whether that's you're someone who'd say you've centered your life on Jesus or you're someone who's just looking into what does it look like to follow Jesus. My hope is something of what I share brings encouragement to you. Um, in a moment, we're going to look at that passage that Mel read out for us so beautifully, but we're going to be looking at it within this series we started last week called Recalibrate. And Recalibrate is this series we're looking at where God is offering you and I an invitation to make small adjustments to how we're living in order that we can live in the good of the life that Jesus has for us, which I promise you will do you good and will do others good as we live in that. But before we kind of dig in, I also wanted to make mention of a book. What we often do is, with series we're in is recommend a book that we think will do us good to accompany all that we're looking at. And this time I want to recommend this book by John Mark Homer, which is called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Now, for those of you who are familiar with Oasis, you'll know at this moment that if a book is good enough to recommend, it's good enough to give away. And as we found whilst we've been online, it's hard for me just to literally throw the book out to you and somehow it magically appears in your uh, lounge, your bedroom or study, wherever you're watching this on. And um, I'm no magician, so I can't do that. Rather, what I'd really love you to do is in a moment, I'm going to count to three. When I get to three, I would love you to jump on the chat and to offer someone else's name other than your own to receive that book. So it isn't you're going to jump in and say me, you're actually going to jump on and say them and name who the them is. So have you got it? Have you got someone in your mind who you want to send this book to? And then we'll do the hard work of finding their address and then getting the book to them. We'll look at that through the chat. But in this moment, I want you to think of that name and get ready to stick it on the chat. Okay? One, two, three, stick it in. Just so you know, we'll ensure the first four names that are there, we'll get the book out to. So this morning, what I want to do is look at an invitation that I believe God wants to offer you and offer me to recalibrate our lives by slowing down. You see, one of the things that I saw through lockdown, through all the discomfort that we experienced was that numbers of people would comment to me that within that discomfort, there was this moment of just being able to breathe as life was forced to slow down. We weren't rushing from one thing to the next. We were walking more. We were kind of being more present in the moment we were in. And it did us good. I, I know for me personally, through the spring season, I just found myself noticing the changes going on in nature more than I've ever done before. You see... Lockdown forced us to slow down, and it did us good. It caused us to just breathe. And maybe in that breathing, it caused us to realize that maybe some of how we were living was just too fast. You see, we live within a society that's 24-7, that you and I can go out and buy cherry tomatoes at 3 a.m. in the morning if we so wish, you see, we live in this society where actually it's all about maximizing every moment of day and night. It's through this moment where we are connected everywhere and anywhere through the technology that you and I have. It's, 
this society where we find ourselves by finding validation through the way in which we live. The more that we can do shows how amazing that we are. And yet, within the society that you and I are living in, within the fast pace that we so love, actually there's this other story. A story that was highlighted through lockdown that actually it doesn't always do us that much good. See, living fast also causes us to grow in sense of anxiety. It causes us to often live with that sense of tiredness and the next caffeine shot. It can cause us to live thinking, when's the next holiday coming? And we can often find ourselves thinking, you know, once I get to that place, it'll be okay. But the thing is, that place never comes. You see, I believe God wants to use this moment through us having this forced moment of slowing down to actually reveal that the wonder of the life that Jesus calls you and I to inhabit is a life that is about slowing down. That the way of Jesus is maybe slower than the one that we're trying to live. You see, you see that through the wonder of the story, this beautiful story that's told in Luke 10 that Mel read out to us. A story of two sisters who invite Jesus to their house for a meal. And in it, what you discover is it reveals the wonder of what it looks like to live a life that slows down. That's the very heart of who Jesus is. You see, in this story, we can rush to Mary and Martha and, and see what they have to offer and see what we can learn from them. But I don't want us to do that. I want us actually to pause at the start of the story, to pause and look and ponder on Jesus. As actually, as you look and ponder at Jesus in this story, you suddenly are able to make more sense of what Martha's doing and how Mary responds and how Jesus interacts with both. See, Jesus reveals in this story the beauty of the life that he lives. See, we see this story starts off with Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. Now, Jerusalem was where his destination was at. We know through the accounts of Jesus that everything is building towards this point where he's going to find himself in this city. And there he's going to be tried, executed, but he's going to then resurrect in order that everything that he's come to do would be accomplished as he's come to save the world. And therefore you think, well, if that's where you're heading, surely you're in a rush to get to the destination. And yet we find that Jesus, throughout all of the accounts of his life, is never in a hurry. He knows the focus, but he's never in a rush. You see, in this story, you discover that whilst on his journey to that place, he stops off and takes up an invitation to a meal. See, Jesus wasn't in a rush. He lived a life that was slowing down and slowed down in moments. And, and that way of living that slowed down is kind of characterized in two ways, in the way that you see Jesus in this story, but also in the way that you see him through all the stories of his life. You see, Jesus was characterized as one who was unhurried. As I said, he's not in a rush to get to Jerusalem. He's focused, he knows what he's doing, but he's got time. He's got time for moments to go off track on journey, to be distracted from the moment of what he's doing in order to interact with that person, 
And in this moment, it's interact with two sisters, Mary and Martha, and go to the house for a meal. But you see in other stories where you'll find that he's on the journey to one person's house and suddenly stops off to talk to another person. And his disciples are like, going, come on, come on, we've got to get going. And Jesus is like, no, we've got time for this. Or time where he's got crowds of people around him and some are pushing forward and saying, hey, could you see my kid? And the disciples, his friends are like, like, what are you doing? Like, Jesus hasn't got time for you. He's in a hurry. He's busy. And Jesus is like, no, I'm unhurried. I've got time for them. He gathers them in. Like, Jesus lived in an unhurried manner. And the thing that blows my mind is that Jesus had three years of ministry. You know, this bit of his life that's accounted is three years And we know where it's building to, to his death and resurrection. How would you live? How would I live if I just knew I'd got three years left? I think I'd be a bit frantic. I think I'd be like, oh man, I've got to max out on everything that I've got to do and kind of make multiple to-do lists. Probably spend the first three weeks just to-do lists, continuously updating them. And yet Jesus didn't live that way. He lived unhurried. But not only is the way he lived as slowing down characterized by one who was unhurried, it's also characterized as one who was present. Do you see it? That he's invited into the home of Mary and Martha, of Martha and Mary, and he's just present with them. He's not thinking about what's happened. He's not thinking about what is going to happen. He's present in that moment with them, giving them his full attention and you find that through the accounts of Jesus' life you find that he is always present you find him in this in these moments of being present to the father to God his father of understanding what the father was wanting him to do in that moment because he was present but also he was fully present with the people that he was interacting with whether it was his closest friends his disciples present with them or for the stranger who just happens to walk past and ask a question, present fully with them. And you see, this life that Jesus reveals, this life of slowing down, of being unhurried, of being present, is actually a life that he longs to draw you and I in. You see, In Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30, Jesus reveals just the wonder of the life that he's inviting you and I into. And he says, actually, this life is like being yoked. It's like being deeply connected to me in order that we walk and we live in pace with one another. Like Jesus is longing for you and longing for me to walk at his pace, to live unhurried to live present. You see, this story just isn't about Jesus, is it? It's also you've got these two sisters, Martha and Mary. And you see, what happens is Martha is living and has invited Jesus to her home for a meal, but then gets distracted and becomes focused on the task at hand. And what you find is one who is hurried and not present. And in her hurry and not present, she gets frustrated with the sister and goes to Jesus and says, like, don't you understand what's going on here? Like, aren't you going to say something to her? 
Like, she needs to join me. Come on, get her up and going. Get her hurrying. Get her not present with you, but present here making some stuff. Like, Jesus, like, pauses. Like, gets her to take a breath and says, Martha, I've got not come to call you to that way of life. I've come to call you to my way of life. See, in this moment, as he reveals the wonder of how Mary is living, he's pointing to the fact that he's come to give and offer a yoke to you and to me, to Martha and to Mary, a way to live our lives in step with him. And so he says to Martha, I'm not going to ask Mary to join you in your yoke of hurriedness, of not being present. I want her to do what she's doing. See, when you zoom in and Mary, what you find, you find one who is what? Unhurried. One who is fully present with Jesus. See, that's what Jesus has come to do. Come to call and cause everyone to know the wonder of the life that he's able to offer. A life where we are able to slow down. We're able to be yoked to him, to be paced with him. We're unhurried and present. But maybe you're there saying, yeah, yeah, but there was still a meal to be made. Yeah, there was. But maybe the way Jesus was saying was it could be made unhurried, where you're fully present. See, that's great in terms of Mary and Martha, but Jesus is talking to you, he's talking to me, like how are we going to live our lives? Like, are we going to live like Martha or are we going to live like Mary? See, the truth is I can often find myself living like Martha, but I'm trying not to. I'm trying to hear Jesus' invitation and say, no, I want to live more like Mary because Mary's way is more like the way of Jesus. See, Jesus longs to come into your life and my life and say, hey, let's pace this together. See, Jesus understands how your life is shaped. So you could be saying, like, Adrian, it's all right you're talking about this stuff, but you don't know what I've got to deal with. You don't know all the stuff I've got to do. You don't know the pressures that are on my life. Yeah, I don't. But Jesus does. He really does. And Jesus longs to be so intertwined with you that who he is and how he's longing to live would shape your life in how you live it. That you'd be one who's able to be shaped by him, that in the realities that you're living with, that you'd live unhurried, that you'd live present. See, this invitation to recalibrate is an invitation to embrace the way that Jesus calls us to live a way that is about slowing down. And the reality is, because we're in society that says, no, faster, 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 your validation's there. Actually, we have to practice this way of living. Not as a way of condemnation, not of a way of to-do list of, oh yeah, now I'm doing this. No, no, in an invitation to live in the good of what Jesus has for you and for me. So I'm just going to quickly give us some steps that are not a to-do list to tick off, but some steps I believe can help us in living with this rhythm. Firstly, choose to be present in the moment. 
In every moment, choose to be present there and then, not think about what's happened or what could happen next, but in that moment say, God, I'm seeking to be present with you here now and with the others that I'm connected with. Or maybe it's with creation that as we're walking, we're saying, in this moment, I seek to be present with creation. Secondly, live with margins. Like if you live to the max where you've got no give, what happens when you need to give? Let's build our days with margins that allow us to react and be able to deal with things as they come our way, which we weren't expecting. Thirdly, let's learn to say no. See, reality is when you say no to something, it means that you can say yes to something else. And there's only so many things that we can say yes to. Fourthly, walk more. Fifthly, drive at the speed limit. Like how much of our driving reveals about the way that we're living our lives? Man, the speed limits are there, yes, to obey, but also, I think, to do safely, but also to ensure that we're driving at the right speed. Therefore, let's drive at the speed limit. Sixthly, let's ensure that people are always higher on our priorities than tasks. Like, how often can you find yourself thinking, oh, there's this thing to get done. In our passion to get done, we end up crushing those around us. Like, people matter more. Seventhly, let's allow time to ponder. Like whether it's just to sit quietly in your home, whether it's as you go for a walk, just allow moments just to let your mind wander. Eighth, ensure your tech is working for you, not you for it. Like, how often do you find that ping come on of the email, the notification, and you're immediately wanting to respond? No, no, it's not there to rule your life. It's there to help your life. Therefore, you be the master of your tech, not it the master of you. Ninth, ensure that you have a weekly Sabbath. Ensure there's that day of the week where you give yourself to enabling the moments of rest that do you good, remembering that God is in control of the world, not you. He's got this sorted and allow God to come and restore you. Tenth, enjoy your limits. You're human. I'm human. We aren't able to do everything. That's a good thing. It reminds us that we're not God. He is. Enjoy your limits. Eleventh, don't compare. Like what it means for you to live unhurried, present, is going to be different to me. It's going to be different to the next person. Therefore, do not compare. It will destroy you. And just a quick, like, note. Like, sometimes there are seasons where you have to speed up. But don't ever allow a season to become a lifestyle. There you go. Some steps I hope will help us in practicing, recalibrating, in slowing down. A slowing down that Jesus longs to shape our lives, whether it's you or me, where he calls us to live unhurried and present. In a moment, we're going to kind of just respond in a song of worship to Jesus, of just coming and giving our lives afresh to him. But before we do that, I just want to pray for us where we're at. So I'm just going to pray now. And to do that, I'm just going to read out Matthew 28, for Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30, from the paraphrased version of message 
which says this, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, says Jesus. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Just where you are, why don't you just close your eyes, put your hands out. I'm just going to pray for you and pray for me. Jesus, I thank you that your way of living is slowed down. And I thank you, Jesus, that you are longing for us to live at your pace, where we live unhurried and present. And Jesus, I pray that as we live in this pace, I pray it would do us good and it would do good to those we come into contact with. We ask this for your glory, Jesus. Amen. Amen.